Hello, I'm Laura and this is German Grammar Pod. It's been a while since the last episode because someone stole my laptop, but the insurance coughed up, I have a new laptop and I'm ready to roll. Today we're going to be looking at the genitive case. There's good news and bad news about the genitive case. The good news is that it's easy for native English speakers to understand and produce because it links quite closely to what we do in English. The bad news is that Germans tend to avoid using it in most situations. Partly because it sounds very formal in German and partly because it's considered a hard case to use. So once I've finished telling you how and where the genitive case can be used, I'm going to go on to tell you how to avoid it. So what is the genitive? Well, it's used to indicate possession. In practice, that means it's often used where we'd use an of in English. For instance, the end of the book becomes das Ende des Buches. The other place it's used is where we'd use an apostrophe S to indicate possession. For instance, Eversbuch. Only, German doesn't use the apostrophe, it just bungs the S straight on the end of the noun. But although the German S mimics the English apostrophe S in sound and meaning, it can't be used in quite as many places. You can only use it on the end of proper nouns. That's nouns that are the names of individual people, places or things like Laura, London and Siemens, as opposed to woman, city and company. As an extra clue, proper nouns are generally spelled with a capital letter in English. So you can have Laura's Buch, but not Die Frau's Buch. This is somewhere that Germans genuinely do use the genitive and you don't sound horribly formal for doing it. Also, it neatly copies the English in that you put an S on the end of the word whether it's masculine, feminine or neuter or plural. By the way, if you want to stick an adjective in after you've used the German equivalent of an apostrophe S possessive, then just pretend it's not there at all. The adjectives work exactly the same with or without and are in whatever case you'd need in the sentence whether or not you'd stuck in a Laura's or London's or whatever other possessive you've used. Going back to my sentence where I replaced the of, das Ende des Buches, there are three things to notice here. The first thing is that there's no word for of in the sentence. Its sense has been replaced entirely by using the genitive. The second thing is that the word the has become des. Like in the dative, both the masculine and the neuter are the same in the genitive, so des is used for both masculine and neuter. The third thing is that buch ended up with an es on the end of it. In German, all masculine and neuter nouns take an S or an ES on the end to indicate that they are in the genitive. With the exception of weak masculine nouns, which are a relatively small group of masculine nouns and which take an EN ending instead. There's no hard and fast rule to tell you which just take an S and which take an ES instead. But as a rough rule of thumb, nouns that are just one syllable will take ES on the end, turning them into two syllables. And nouns that already have two or more syllables will just take an S on the end not adding any more syllables. If in doubt, I tend to guess just S as it seems to be more common. That, or if I'm at a computer, I'll Google the word with each possible ending on it and see which gets more hits. The adding of the S or ES thing only applies to masculine and neuter nouns. It doesn't happen for feminine or plural nouns, which don't change at all for being in the genitive. With these, you're back to relying on the determiners, that's words like the, a and my, and on the adjectives that precede them, to work out if you're in the genitive. The form of the the for feminine and plural is der, which is the same as the nominative masculine and the dative feminine, so seeing a der by itself won't tell you what case you're in. To work that out, you need to look at the context. 
is a particular one of the cases required here because of the other words in the sentence or to make the sentence make sense. Or you can look at other signals about the gender of the word, whether it's in the singular or the plural, and what the endings of any adjectives are that go with it. That last one, by the way, will only help you determine whether you're dealing with a masculine nominative or not. The feminine dative and the feminine plural genitive all use the same adjectival ending, which is en after a der, whereas the masculine nominative would follow it with just an e ending. The es for masculine and neuter and the er for feminine and plural also applies to the other determiners. So, for instance, you get eines and einer, keines and keiner, meines and meiner, and dieses and dieser. Adjectives for the genitive don't quite follow the pattern that adjectives for the other cases do. If you followed the usual pattern, you'd expect masculine and neuter adjectives in the genitive that don't follow a determiner to end in the es that the determiner would have ended in. But in fact, these actually end in en, the same as they would if they weren't following a determiner. Feminine and plural adjectives work like you'd expect, though. Where there's no determiner in front of them, they take the er ending that your determiner would have had. But where there is a determiner, like the masculine and neuter, these two end in en, so you get alten Mannes, alte Frau, alten Buches, alter Männer, des alten Mannes, der alten Frau, des alten Buches, der alten Männer. To sum that up, this means that masculine and neuter nouns get an S on the end of them, and masculine and neuter determiners have an ES on the end. Feminine and plural nouns stay the same, and their determiners end in ER. All genitive adjectives end in EN, unless you're dealing with a feminine or plural where there aren't any determiners present, in which case adjectives end in ER. See, I told you the genitive was easy. But Germans still don't like using it in normal spoken German. So how do you avoid it to make sure you sound like a German? Simple. You use a von followed by the dative instead. I always learnt that von primarily meant from, but it can also mean of instead, and that's exactly what Germans do use it to mean when they don't want to put a genitive in. So instead of saying das Ende des Buches, you say das Ende von dem Buch. Von taking the dative and therefore das Buch becoming dem Buch. Or, more likely, you'd say das Ende vom Buch, as von dem is always contracted to vom, unless you want to emphasise the dem. In other words, if you wanted to stress the end of that book, not this one. But that's not quite the end of the story. Like the accusative and the dative, the genitive governs some prepositions. That's words like with, on and between, and also some verbs. In other words, you use the genitive after certain prepositions, and also for nouns or pronouns that are the subject of certain verbs. Very handily, quite a few of the prepositions have an of in the English translation of their meaning, so this is how I tend to remember that they're the ones that take the genitive. The most important prepositions which take the genitive are während, which means during, wegen, which means because of, trotz, which means despite or in spite of, Stadt and Anstatt, which mean instead of. Außerhalb, which means outside or outside of, as I colloquialise it in my head to remind me it takes the genitive. Innerhalb, which means inside or inside of, as I colloquialise that one to myself. Oberhalb, which means above. I think above of might be pushing it for that one. Unterhalb, which means below. 
I'm not even going to go there with the ofs on that one. Then there's diesseits, which means this side of, and jenseits, which means beyond. But even though these prepositions officially take the genitive and should be used with it in formal written texts, this sounds overly formal in spoken German, so Germans tend to avoid it in speech. In practice, this means that instead of taking the genitive, the prepositions which end in halb and seitz have a von added after them, followed by a dative, so you get außerhalb von der Stadt, oberhalb von der Straße, jenseits von der Grenze. The first five I mentioned, während, wegen, trotz, Stadt and anstatt, all just take a dative instead in the spoken language. You don't add a von. There is one place where even formal German will avoid the genitive after these prepositions, though. That's when they're followed by a personal pronoun. That's words like me, you and us. The genitive forms of the personal pronoun are the same in form as German's possessive determiners. That's words like my, your, his, etc. Except the genitive personal pronouns all have the ending er, so you get meine, deiner, seiner, ihre, euer, and unser. But don't be fooled, the genitive personal pronouns don't mean the same as my, your, his, hers, etc. Rather, the genitive personal pronouns mean me or of me, you or of you, and so forth. But I digress. I wanted to tell you how to avoid them after prepositions that take the genitive. To do this, you use a dative personal pronoun with wegen, statt, and trotz. During me makes no sense anyway, so that's not an issue. And you insert a von after the prepositions where this is an option, and then use the dative after that. But be careful, that's just if you're using a personal pronoun after a preposition. If you're using a noun after one of these prepositions in a formal written text, then you would use the genitive. By the way, for those of you who need to write some impressive sounding formal German in an essay, here are some of my favourite prepositions that take the genitives that are perfect for essays. Angesichts, which means in view of, Anstelle, which means in place of, Betreffs and Bezüglich, which both mean with regard to, Einschließlich, which means including, and Ausschließlich, which means excluding. Moving on to the verbs that take the genitive, there are some that just take a genitive and some that take an accusative and genitive. But generally, Germans prefer to find ways to work round them or avoid them, so they don't have to use a genitive at all. For instance, some of the verbs which take the genitive can be used together with a preposition instead of with a genitive, such as sich erinnern, which means to remember. You can use this verb with a genitive object, but in practice, you'll much more often see it with the preposition an plus an accusative. For instance, ich erinnere mich an den Tag, instead of ich erinnere mich des Tages. Other verbs like bedürfen, which means to need, are simply uncommon outside formal written language and generally get replaced with verbs that mean the same thing, but don't take the genitive object. For instance, bedürfen can be replaced with brauchen, which also means to need. Because of this, I'm not even going to go into a list of verbs that take the genitive. It's enough to know that they're out there and that they might be the reason you find a genitive in a sentence in formal writing, where a meaning involving an of doesn't make sense. It's also worth noting that if they do decide to use a verb governed by the genitive, unlike with prepositions, genitive personal pronouns are perfectly acceptable. So you might see genitive personal pronouns following these verbs, especially in formal or literary texts. So for instance, you might see uh, sie erinnern sich meiner, meaning you remember me, 
although you are still a lot more likely to see a Sie erinnern sich an mich, meaning exactly the same thing. I'm also going to quickly mention possessive determiners and possessive pronouns here. That's words like my and your and their, and words like mine, yours and theirs, to make sure that no one gets confused between these and genitive personal pronouns. As I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, personal pronouns do have a genitive form that looks like the possessive pronoun, but always has an ER ending. So you get meiner, the genitive form of ich, deiner, the genitive form of du, seiner, the genitive form of both er and es, ihrer, the genitive form of sie, meaning she, and sie, meaning they, when spelled with a lowercase i, and sie, meaning you, formal, when spelled with a capital I. Unser, the genitive form of wir, and euer, the genitive form of ihr, meaning you, informal plural. In contrast to the genitive personal pronouns, which mean me or of me, you or of you, etc., possessive determiners are the words that mean my, your, his, her, our, etc. These have the same stem as the genitive personal pronouns, that's the mein, dein, sein part, but the same endings as ein, the German word for a, or kein, the German word for no. The one exception here is euer, which loses its second e when it has an ending on it to become eure, or euren, or eurem, and so on. The possessive pronouns, which translate as mine, yours, his, hers, and so on, have the same endings as the possessive determiners, the, the words we've just been talking about that mean my, your, his, her, etc. Except that you can't have a plain mine or dine, and so on, the, the version without the ending in the possessive pronouns. In the cases and genders where the possessive determiner would consist of just the stem and wouldn't have an ending, you get more or less the same ending as, as a the would have. So mine, meaning my, masculine nominative, becomes minor. Mine, meaning my, neuter accusative, becomes minus, and so on. Just to confuse the issue, possessive determiners and pronouns can also appear in the genitive case, but this is still not the same as a genitive personal pronoun, as a genitive personal pronoun means me or of me, etc., whereas a genitive possessive determiner means my or of my, etc., and a genitive possessive pronoun means mine or of mine, etc. So, to sum up, the genitive is a case that denotes possession. It can add an S to proper nouns, like English can add an apostrophe S to nouns. For instance, Eva's Buch. The genitive is used like this in both formal and informal written texts, and informal speech, and everywhere in between. The rest of the genitive tends to be avoided outside formal written texts. So, where you use it to mean of in a sentence, you replace it with von, plus the dative, instead in the spoken language and in informal writing. Where you have prepositions that take the genitive in the spoken language, you replace the genitive with either just a dative, or if the preposition ends in a halb or a seitz, you replace it with a von plus the dative. This is particularly important if you want to use a personal pronoun after a preposition governed by the genitive, because German avoids using genitive personal pronouns here, even in formal texts. There are also some verbs that take the genitive but these are generally avoided either by using another verb with the same meaning or used together with a preposition that's possible for that verb. The genitive adds an S or ES on the end of masculine and neuter nouns, but feminine nouns and plurals don't change. The masculine and neuter form of the in the genitive is DES and the masculine and neuter form of A is EINES. 
the feminine and plural form for the in the genitive is der, and the feminine and plural form of a is einer. All masculine and neuter adjectives end in en in the genitive, always. Feminine and plural ones end in en if there's a determiner too, but in er if there isn't. Well, that's it for German Grandpa this time, and we've made it all the way through the cases, although I will be coming back to them whenever they're relevant to future topics I'm discussing. Next time, I intend to start on tenses, starting with the present and the future tense, and hopefully my laptop won't get nicked in between episodes this time, so there won't be quite such a long gap. Thank you for listening, and goodbye. <laughs>